3: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Kravota. Hello, Leonora. Hello, Scott. So, uh...
4: countdown to 2020. Tw- I can't even say it. 2022.
3: Yeah, it's a little can't bit of get rid of
4: 2021. Yeah. After all
3: that, it's a little alliteration there. 2022. No.
4: Yeah. Well, there's well, the it? T sound. Ta 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 ta
3: ta 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 ta
4: ta ta
3: ta 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 you yeah, know that was a yeah. that was a great jingle, right?
4: Yeah, right.
3: So, um, wow, 2021. Right, uh, what a year! What a year! My exactly. health, Biden. <laughs> it's been one heck of a year, you know. Right, um, and we're going to go over uh, today the mainstream media's top missteps of 2021, and also uh, we're going to cover another. Uh, piece it says 13 happenings in 2021 that i never would have believed five years ago well how do you want to start
4: how do you want to start i think we should uh start with the 13 happenings in 2021 that i never would have believed five All years right. ago and let's then let's it. go into the media because the media will play a role in this well the
3: media is the number one enemy of the uh, that or the fbi i'm not yeah. so sure wh- who the bigger enemy of the American public is and then you know corporate uh corporate uh wokeness yeah the corporations have turned their back on the United States citizens the working taxpayers of America but so has the mainstream media and uh things that end up happening as a result of that are basically where we are right now 13 happenings in 2021 that I never would have leave five years ago okay. let's start
4: let's start so the first one is men as women and basically uh th- we now have a situation where men are now competing with women in sports and being housed with women in prison so I, I, again w- this is something that we would never have seen uh, generations ago let alone about 10 years ago i mean but the idea that we are have become gender fluid and that expressions like gender fluid or binary or non-binary bi- binary okay. have become part of our vocabulary is ridiculous so that's you, where we you are now
3: recently watched the, the latest episode of uh, the sex in the city the thing. reboot
4: oh. it's called and just like that and you have a character on it one of the door the the Character Charlotte, her daughter Rose, has decided she doesn't feel like a girl. She feels like a boy, and she wants to call herself Rock. So the parents go to the school, and and they're first they're shocked to find out that the little girl went to school, told everybody she changed her name. So the school and all the parents all went along with it, but the actual the the parents of the other kids, but the actual parents of the child had no idea that this was going on.
3: Not until only they that, heard. but the teachers are like. We we are listening to the student, and it's like the student's twelve years old. The student wants to eat candy all day,
4: right? Exactly, and that's where we're at right now. So this is the mo- th- this is one of the more dangerous examples. This one that I picked from we picked Where's from television. The parental guidance? Well, that's exactly well, they, it. They,
3: they're trying to take the parent uh, away from you know. That's what we've seen. Uh, that's that's actually what was instrumental in the Virginia. Uh, political race is why McAuliffe lost. When he said in that debate, McAuliffe lost to North. Uh, what's it? What's the governor? Youngkin. Of, Youngkin. Youngskin. Youngskin. <laughs> Not youngskin? youngskin. Youngkin. Youngkin. Okay.
4: That's why they were all making fun of it. It's like you're a kin who yeah, is young. He's my governor.
3: I should know. But um, and then you know what happened was McAuliffe said no, the parents shouldn't be going to the schools telling the teachers how to do their job. And I'm like, what? If you're doing critical race theory, uh, and they, you know, that was a media lie as well, that Virginia wasn't selling or wasn't teaching critical race theory. They were. They were doing that. And so um, the parents saw the curriculums, talked to their child. And so the Democrats were lying about this. But in the end, that's what did them in, is that basically the parents were being left out of the equation when it came to raising their own children, and that these critical race theory, political activist, radical left-wing activists were the ones wanting to basically indoctrinate the children. And, and that really, I'm using these, these words, but the, these strong words, but that's in essence what their, their goal is, and what they're trying to do they they're they're, so, they're so definitely trying to do that so so in uh i I pretty much couldn't stand the fact that sex in the city's reboot uh, again, what is it called it's it's what
4: and just like that, yeah, uh,
3: they had to go there, and they had to go with that topic. I think it's a, such a stupid topic,
4: but what I will say and, and, you is you know, like, there were characters who resisted it, and that yeah. that was the positive
3: and and then that gets into you know also. Uh, they, it, whatever you know. I think billions is another series where uh, they got someone with a different set of pronouns. The, the, you, you
4: have the character Taylor, and and whenever you talk about Taylor, both the character and the actor. And I use the word actor broadly, who pay, who plays that character is referred to as they. So you can't say he well, or she anymore. You have to say they.
3: You know, and and then like Biden said, every uh, every time they're selling a bar of soap on the commercial, this is Biden quoting. Uh, is it's an interracial couple, um, but too often, too, in every single show, it's a homosexual situation, and you know, going through life. Homosexuality is not in every single stitch of my life, meaning that i don 't see it in every scene in my life and
4: we 've lived in New York yeah,
3: <clears> yeah <throat> and so i just i 'm just saying that it 's being misrepresented in in a way that drama that exaggerates the realities, and they 're doing this on purpose they 're trying to sell you on the idea that this is perfectly normal behavior that you know you could um you would do. Uh, you would be a trans at fourteen years old. Well, speaking of uh, or which, or have general gen- gender mutilization. Well, at speaking of years which, old.
4: that's a good transition because the next one on the list is blocking puberty, which again follows along the same lines that that young children are taking. Uh, drugs and also having dangerous sur- surgery to stop their puberty, which again goes with the whole lot transitioning. And then the third thing related to this same topic is women getting drafted as a possibility, which again is trying to show. When we're talking about drafting women, okay, I am not disputing the ability of a woman to be, in, you know, to be as inte- intellectually competent as a man, and in some instances as physically competent. But across the board, women do not have the physical strength that men do. They just no. do not. And, and, so to suddenly and, and, treat them like they do is ludicrous. It It is an ignorance of reality.
3: And one of the big uh, issues there was uh, when Rand Paul uh, basically questioned Rachel Levine uh, and let's take a listen to this. American culture.
0: What? Biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics.
3: Let's take a a listen to this.
0: Is now normalizing the idea that American culture is now normalizing to be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95 percent of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life changing decision as changing one's sex? Well,
1: Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender
0: medicine.
3: Well, by the way, that's Rachel Levine, right? And she's got the blonde hair. It's a guy. Uh, that changed over to a girl and it turns out that that Rachel Levine went to the same high school at the same time as General (laughs) Milley I think you know it's uh, Mr. Woke the, the, the the woke general right well let's continue
0: The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parents' consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you are willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful decision from someone who made a mistake, but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions?
1: Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field.
0: Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's gonna go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them and you know, if you've ever been around children, fourteen-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, ten percent of the kids are between the ages of three and ten. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex. I can't vote for you, you if you can't. Thank make you, make you a so much, Senator this. Paul.
2: Senator Levine, thank you. Well, that
3: is, you know, that is something that happened in 2020 Yeah, yeah, right. And and to your point, Leonard. Yeah, um, you know that was number one and two on the the federal the Federalist came up with it. We're covering this article thirteen happenings in 2021 that I never would have believed five years ago. And number one was you know this whole use of pronouns, which was just in the latest episode of the Sex and City reboot, uh, men as women. Right, a- and that's, and then the, also the emasculation of men. Well, that's what's in, happening. in every commercial we see where the man lo- looks like a dodo brain instead of a guy with a chainsaw. Well, you know um,
4: what? Th- that was something that happened a long time ago when you'd have these television series where men would be. You know, everybody everybody knows what's going on except except Dad and Bob Newhart when he did his show. He said, "I don't want to do a show with kids <laughs> because the father was always made to look like a buffoon." Right. right. So, but getting yeah, back and then, to and then,
3: number two. Number two is blocking party Right Which is what we were just talking about And number three is draft I mean I'm sorry Not blocking party Blocking blocking puberty. puberty Right
4: Okay, And then and just transitioning within this topic, then uh, not prosecuting crime. And we cannot uh, diminish this um, in terms of its impact. The fact that we have so much crime on the streets, uh, you know, and that's coupled by the anti-police movements that are happening. Oh, Fortunately, I'm- there have been some people who have spoken up and have been in support of the police. And there's been some high profile examples. But this is something that we never would have seen in our mm-hmm. lifetimes where you have serious crimes not being prosecuted and crime surging and there are a dozen cities right now with breaking annual homicide right let records. me ask you something
3: of those dozen cities are they all they're all liberal probably i guess are. that's not a question but i mean five it, cities
4: it, that set records in 2020 st paul Minnesota, Portland, Oregon, Tucson, Arizona, Toledo, Ohio, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Austin, Texas, Rochester, New York, and Albuquerque, New Mexico, which broke records for homicides. And they're
3: all run by liberal mayors. Yeah. yeah. They're all about defunding the police. And yeah. why in the world? You know, the uh, group uh, most wanting the police is the minority groups that. Uh, that uh, that the left is de- the left is demonizing the police for going after minority groups, and it's the minority groups that actually want the police.
4: They need the, they need the support, and and you know what happens though to your point, Scott, it's in those minority neighborhoods where they need the police. The crime is happening. The 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 affluent. The, the upper middle class will find a way, even if they don't have uh, paid police officers, they'll find a way to have their homes better monitored, etc. But it's in those areas where people don't want to go where we have problems.
3: All right, so we're covering this 13 happenings in 2021 that I never would have believed <clears throat> five years ago. Events happened this year that would have been believed impossible not long ago. With new lows and technological advances continue.
4: Yes, so I mean, no, I think I think that what we need, that, you know, that what we why don't you t- why don't you take the next one, the the, uh, the, the one after that, the, um, the, the the one about massive illegal immigration, and talk about that because I know that's one that an area that you're interested. Well, millions
3: in. of immigrants have crossed illegally into the United States this year in record numbers. The Biden administration also considered paying $450,000 in reparations to illegal uh, immigrant families. I mean, you think of
4: that sum? That's astronomical. Now, take a listen to this
3: clip. This is Kamala Harris talking about inflation and supply chain for just a second. And think about where this problem originated. And then the reason why I'm switching gears a little bit. Is because this migration problem The problem in Afghanistan Were all caused And created In such a short amount of time By the current administration And yet Now they're looking at these issues as crises That they have to somehow deal with Let's take a listen
4: People they're going into their third year Of this pandemic You're talking about cost of living
3: Kamala Harris it wrong, is clueless
4: Consider inflation transitory I mean, these price spikes seem like they're going to be with us for a while. We have to address the fact that we've got to deal with the fact that folks are pay, paying for gas, paying for groceries, and are, are, are need solutions to it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Short-term solution includes what we need to do around the supply chain, right? So we went to the ports of Los Angeles, Long Beach, Savannah, Georgia, and said, hey guys, no more five days a week, eight hours a day, 24-7. Let's move the products because people need, their pro- they need what they need. We're dealing with it in terms of the long term. And that's about what we need to do to pass Build Back Better. It strengthens our economy. Well, people, we're going to get to this also in the,
3: in the next segment, which is going to be media lies. Yeah. Don't believe your lying eyes. Right. Um, the, the, when they were doing that montage there, they're showing a montage of uh, empty shelves. And yet, she's talking about supply chains. Twenty-four-seven is not going to get the job done. And so, these are problems that they created. And in one of the list, massive illegal migration. Well, all he had to do is uh, leave, remain in Mexico alone, uh, and uh, you know, stop catch and release. Uh, basically, look at the laws on the books and say if you break our laws. You go to the back of the line. But no, they put out brochures and told people how to game the system when it came to seeking political asylum. And they're doing that because they want to import slave labor for their corporate cronies. And they're doing that because they want to import voters. And these people will never vote. They can't even speak English. They don't care about our country and they don't know our history. But what they will do... is they'll come in they'll get an ID and at the end of the day they'll get that ID and they'll turn it into and the democrats that work the wheels of bureaucracy will turn those IDs into registrations turn those registrations into mail in ballots take those mail in ballots and vote them however they see fit because that's how you that's how they they've been rigging the system they're taking identity identities and they're stealing them they're stealing the identities they're creating the ballots and again the ballots may never even get mailed in many many say so many cases there was ballots in the 2020 election <clears throat> where they were created sent mailed and received all in the same day and i always use this meta uh, example uh, if i were to create an invoice in quickbooks I could literally set up an account, create the invoice, mail it, receive the payment and mark it closed as voted, you know, in essence, all within a five minute period, all within the same day. And that's fishy because not not only were the ballots coming back unbent, unfolded, as if they never saw a a mail envelope, um... They were just being printed out of the system for the recount and the audit. You know, it was evidence. It was clear proof. But in the court of law, I guess you can't prove it because there's no chain of custody to, to actually combat the lie. Uh, number six on the list is widespread censorship. So, of course, we're seeing this with big tech. Everywhere you turn, the middle class is under siege. We have something to say Dr. Malone this week Dr. Malone, the inventor of the RDNA Was banned on Twitter John Solomon Because he talked about COVID Alternatives Was banned on Twitter And So many others The President of the United States Based on a hoax, a ruse January 6th Infiltration by the FBI Who went rogue and turned on the American people. Uh, basically he got censored by big tech. And big tech, just like Fauci, is in bed with our intelligentsia, with our military apparatus, because it's Fauci that's making the bioweapons. He's greenlighting the bioweapons. He is supportive of the bioweapons, and that's why he's so arrogant. Because he knows that he was just doing his job as a patriot is what he'll tell himself to make a bioweapon that kills innocent women and children. And they colluded and uh, cooperated with China to do that. Now, whether Trump was involved with that or not, I, I don't even know. I know that the gain of function happened in January 2017. And I believe that there was bioweapons being uh, researched and and uh, developed. And, you know, United States is not exempt from getting involved with that. Yeah. So, Fauci could be free and clear on that and get a pass. But, the military uh, apparatus is being benefited. The NSA is part of the Pentagon. And they collect metadata. I don't think it's any coincidence that Facebook in 2021 has basically changed their name from Facebook to Meta. data.
4: Yeah, which I think is really weird from a branding perspective.
3: Yeah, well, that's because they're collecting data. They're collecting metadata, trends, statistics, for the government to track people. And we are being tracked not only by our GPS devices built into our phones, but the software that actually collects the data And makes sense out of the data. And that's Facebook and Twitter and Getter and you name it. Okay, there's all kinds of technology that's taking the information. Amazon, Google, everybody is listening to us with our smart speakers, devices. And we're being dissected in every way. In a lot of ways, people might say, "Well, that's harmless." You know, I want I want people I want marketing to uh, come at me in a more targeted fashion. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. There's a benefit to that. But when the government uses that to to partner it with COVID uh, man, dr- draconian mandates, now you've gotten it, you've weaponized you've weaponized the the, the government's ability to enforce their draconian measures. See, it's not like we can trust the government to protect our freedoms anymore because we've seen what they would do with every emergency act that they misuse under the guise of COVID, whether it's election fraud or whether it is control and mind manipulation and trending and... Basically, indoctrination and gaslighting and manipulating us from a, a psychological uh, warfare perspective. Uh, because, how else is it that we have become sheep in America like we have? You know, there's too many people, far too many, they're willing to give up their rights willingly. I think the last time something like this happened was under the guise of Hitler. Yeah. And we saw where that got us. Do you want to carry on?
4: Yeah, sure. And then I think we should transition over to the other um, the list, the media list. Why? And this is a good transition. I'm going to go and re- I'm going I'm going to go in in reverse order well, because no, I think there's a well, good trend. Let's track. finish
3: the list because yeah. it says a- asking athletes for advice. Uh, yeah. President's mental ability. Yeah, well they-
4: let me let me okay. continue. So we've got all right so we've got asking all right so one thing we have is we have the widespread spread censorship which we'll go more into when we talk mm-hmm. about media. The other is parents labeled as terrorists. I mean we heard this <laughs> the, the Biden Justice Department called parents terrorists. And the FBI. And the FBI. They
3: they, ta- they put tag words on those parents that were showing up at the school boards.
4: Right. And then, of course, here we've got this one. All right. Who could ever have imagined that you, we would be living in a country where the president's mental abilities are doubted? And this isn't just, this isn't like when Reagan was president and people were saying, well, we think well, he actually had Alzheimer's well, while he was in the Well, radical left and, was doing that to Trump. I yeah. think
3: that they just do it to people well, that... Polarizing and who, but
4: they are. but but here we now have widespread, even from the left, people questioning. Biden's confidence. Well, because he can't
3: speak in complete sentences. There's and, a big difference. And, there's, and, and there's, he can't do anything without reading from a prompt.
4: And there's also situations in which he's referred to Kamala Harris as being the president. There's been so many gaffes, and we know he's had a penchant for making gaffes. But when you couple that with his age and with um, a lot of the missteps. But then again, you, you, you look back just a, a year ago, and we had President well, Trump, who was the Energizer the Bunny. The biggie
3: was uh, Let's Go Brandon.
4: Yeah, the Let's Go just Brandon. Just last week. Yeah, he doesn't uh, get it. He
3: didn't even get it.
4: He didn't get it. He didn't get what that was about. Now of course we've got you, you mentioned the asking athletes for advice because and, and the reason why that's happening is because so many other societal leaders seem to have abdicated their duties to lead.
3: Well LeBron James has an IQ of minus twelve. Yeah.
4: Well again there are there were some smart athletes out there too, but Well
3: and that uh, would go to Cantor. Right. Cantor from the Boston Celtics who's pushing for Free Tibet and uh, uh, and free the Uyghurs, you know, I think has made a huge difference with respect to uh, China's abuse of the Uyghurs and their human rights violations. And 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 what's what's interesting about that topic is that the NBA has catered not only to Muslims. Uh, but the NBA also is catered to China. And right now, uh, because of Cantor's juxtaposition, he's a Turkish Muslim, uh, but he's cracking down on China, it presents a real puzzle for the NBA because you now they can't fire him because he's Muslim. And there would be a Muslim backlash. Uh, and all he's saying is good things about humanity. and And then at the same time, the NBA could be hurting their relationship that they're cultivating with China. So it's an interesting topic.
4: And then, of course, we've got record debt and inflation. You know, the uh, U.S.'s national debt, the money supply has increased by more than a third in 18 months. Well, the inflation months.
3: is the highest it's been since Forty Carter. years.
4: It's been for, it's, <clears throat> well, uh, the worst inflation in 40 years. Yeah, in 40
3: years was 1980. Yeah. So uh, Reagan came in and ended the inflation. Right. So it was Carter. Yeah. And right now they're saying that Biden has the first worst first year, even including Carter.
4: Even including Carter. And many people are saying Biden is the worst president for a long time. It, people were saying Carter was the worst president in recent history. Now it's becoming Biden. And then, of course, here's another one that's near and dear to our hearts. COVID restrictions continue and some increase. Who would have thought, and you and I were talking about this before the show, <laughs> that we're almost – two years out from when this became part of our daily lives, COVID, that we are still dealing with it and we are taking what appears to me to be back steps with this. We need to find a way to just accept that this is still part of our lives. It is a disease like other diseases, but we cannot shut down the economy and we cannot strip people of their personal
3: freedoms. The greatest paranoia about COVID comes from double masks and triple vaccine crowds the folks who were told their lives would return to normal if they just complied now nearly 2 years later we're going into our 3rd year they wait in lines for hours feeling fine and without symptoms to be tested basically to see if they're sick they don't even know that they're sick yeah and this omicron is coming off like it's a common cold and the cdc drastically drastically dropped their estimate on uh, Omicron by 50%, from 70-something percent to 22.5%. I mean, they were wrong by such a large margin. And the confusion in terms of the government, uh, their instructions and orders are, are all over the place in terms of you know, how we go about uh, treating this. It's it's confusing. It's uh basically sa you know, where masks work, then they don't work. Um, you know, this arbitrary C D C change just recently. Oh, we're gonna make it five days because that's all the people you know. Yeah. All of a sudden they're worried about what people think. Well, it was ten days. That was supposed to be based on science. Now the science has changed right. overnight and it's now five days. Right.
4: And then, and then, of course, we've got um, – this, well, this one here, major scientific advances not celebrated. Yeah, there are some major scientific advances that have happened that we haven't talked about, like uh, billionaires going into space and other mm-hmm. things. And also you know, some of the work that President Trump did on the vaccines while he was in office. And then I want to just – we've got the last one, which is – and this is the scariest one yeah. – losing our lead and you well, know well just
3: look at what uh, the escalation with Russia apparently in the last 24 hours there's been a exchange of words between Biden and Putin and um Putin just basically said to Biden you do anything uh in terms of sanctions it will be a colossal mistake is the quoted word yeah. from Putin and uh and you know Putin basically we uh the Amer- America thanks to Jake Sullivan and company, and yeah. in terms of our foreign policy, has lost uh, our leverage yeah. with Nord Stream 2 and with, without being energy independent. Uh, Russia is now flushed with cash yeah. uh, so that they are emboldened. They are flushed with cash because the price of oil go- has gone right. up, and that's right. because of the supply and demand chain. If we were energy independent, uh, then prices would have stayed lower in order to spark demand from the United States population. But instead we closed down key pipelines and we put a huge dent into our future energy independence. Then we basically backed away from Nord Stream 2 going into Europe. So now Europe is dependent on Russia. And we are dependent on OPEC and Russia for oil and energy. And they're now getting enriched so that you know the terrorists in the middle, from the Middle East and the aggressors from Russia basically are emboldened and empowered uh, like they've not been in many, many years. And this is America losing our lead. We, we, we gain our lead by setting examples by drawing a line in the sand and not uh, not bending. but when you know someone like Barack Obama said, a red line for me would be chemical weapons in Syria. That was his red line in the sand moment. He backed away from that, and he he was a paper tiger. And, of course, then other countries would test us. Now, when President Trump, you know, did the whole little rocket man thing with North Korea, and he dropped the mother of all bombs on Afghanistan's caves, and he annihilated ISIS overnight and you know, he resolved the conflicts in Syria and he played hardball in the Middle East with regard to terrorism. That's why he had his first speech in Riyadh and he basically talked about ending this radical Islamic terror jihad throughout the Middle East that's killing them. And realizing that, you know, take the oil, strengthen NATO Uh, you got to look at uh, Donald Trump's foreign policy as one of the best foreign policies we've ever seen in the history of American uh, foreign policy. Just look at the Abraham Accords. We got there because we didn't bow to the pressures of the Palestinian Authority. We basically treated them like an adult and said, you either come to the table or you don't. But stop crying like little babies and bowing to the Pressures of Ilhan Omar and Rashid Talib, and so no longer were we going to reward these rogue nations, these terrorist groups, or the triangle El Salvador and uh, Colombia and Honduras, and these countries. We were not going to reward them with money without getting something back in return. So Trump was, you know, tough love in a sense. But he he kicked Soleimani off the face of the Earth. He stood up to Iran. I mean, it was that peace through strength, mentality that Trump brought to the table, and no you know uh, no joke, kind of business all business kind of take me seriously kind of approach to foreign policy. And I've always said this about foreign policy especially back when John Kerry, who's never run a successful business in his life, married into wealth. I said, I would rather have a horse trader from Wyoming or you know, a cattle rancher from out west. I would rather have that guy as my foreign policy chief than I ever would a guy like, a blue blood like John Kerry. And the reason why is because what all foreign policy is, is about building alliances and getting deals done, making a good deal, a good trade. That's all it is. It might be trading weapons or leverage or, or uh, geographical mass. It might be whatever it is. But I guarantee you that a horse trader, you know, a cattle rancher out west would be better than just about any foreign policymaker at the State Department. Because really, at the end of the day, it's about, it's about counting beans.
4: Absolutely, it's about counting beans. So are we going to jump into the media absolutely, article? Let's Leonardo, talk about the media.
3: Absolutely. All
4: right, what, what are all the things that the media got wrong in 2021? <laughs> A
3: lot. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> yeah, this is over at Fox, and we got this from Fox News. The mainstream media's top 10 missteps in 2021. Media pundits and publications spun on inflation, critical race theory, and more. Oh, wow.
4: Well, there, you know, we, we've we heard about this over and over again. So what is the first one that it starts with De- omitting details on the Makia Bryant police shooting? In April, videos emerged of a police officer shooting a black teenager named Makia Bryant in Columbus, Ohio, after Bryant lunged at another girl with a knife. However various media outlets originally neglected to mention the fact that Bryant, this is the girl, was wielding a knife at the time of the shooting, with some even claiming that Bryant... Was unarmed. In the New York Times coverage of the incident, the article included civil rights attorney Ben Crump's original claim that Bryant was an unarmed girl. The quote was later corrected, though the story still framed Bryant's knife as a police claim rather than it being observable from body cam footage. Okay, that's a major misrepresentation that went on. It was quite a while ago, so we don't talk about it that often. But, you know, again, that's pretty bad. Um, do you want to take the next one?
3: No, I'll let you go. Okay.
4: All right. So, um, NBC Nightly News was under fire for editing out key parts of a 911 call. Oh, I already mentioned that. I'm sorry. CNN airs airs fake single mom story. In August, CNN spotlighted a woman, Dasha Kelly, who claimed to be a single mother of three children who were concerned about being evicted from their home after the federal moratorium was set to expire. In addition to promoting the story, CNN also advertised the GoFundMe account used to support Kelly, which raised approximately $230,000. However, shortly afterward, Kelly clarified that she was not the mother of the three children, but instead their father's girlfriend. The funds were later suspended, but Kelly also managed to appear on the network with Representative Cory Bush, uh, the Democrat from Missouri. Pre- President Biden later announced a new moratorium on evictions, despite Potential constitutional conflict, so that's that's another bad one. Okay, and here's well, one. Well,
3: the Lincoln Project. Yeah, you,
4: you want you take that well, one. You know um,
3: people from the Lincoln Project. Yeah, don't I you? guess I do. You know, we're in DC. So you, you should cover that. All right.
4: One. Okay, so the Lincoln Project admits to white supremacist political stunt against Glenn Youngkin. Oh,
3: that remember that. Yeah.
4: Okay, in the days prior to the... They have
3: to make this stuff up. uh, Juicy Smollett. Yeah. He has to make up that. He has to make that up. And uh, Bubba Wallace. I just talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Uh, You know, there was a noose in my garage. Yeah. You know, again, Uh, you know, it's like this is an opportunity for black athletes to enter NASCAR. And they ruin it with this critical race theory bs
4: it's a, it's a bunch of nonsense yeah so all right so in the days prior to the Virginia gubernatorial election between Democrat Terry McAuliffe and Republican Glenn Youngkin, a reporter for NBC 29 posted a photo of five people dressed in white shirts and khakis while holding tiki torches, standing in front of Youngkin's campaign bus. Yeah. OK. Now, I mean, and Youngkin that... ended up winning. So people yeah. saw through all but this. But
3: the bowl. media is not that stupid, are they? No. Uh, they, they, you got You got to know that they're making this stuff yeah. up. They know that they're lying. Hey, by the way, if anyone wants to call in today, um, uh, you can call in at 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. That's a Philadelphia area code, 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and say Happy New Year or anything like that. Um, And uh, I guess that breaks down to Two one five top talk. It's also listed at the top of Show dot com and RedStateTalkRadio dot com. Uh, and if you're doing that with your phone, um, what you do is you can put your thumb on the number and it'll literally dial it uh, right there and then. And again, I'm not a hundred percent sure that the phone systems are working right. Uh, what's been happening too is when people call in. Uh, because someone has a Zoom open, yeah, because uh, that's what we're using. Uh, what ends up happening is they uh, they um, it, it go. Well, hold on. Uh, is there somebody go, there? Yeah, it goes into uh, it goes into another device. Oh wow, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, Happy New Year, Scott.
1: Happy New, New Year,
3: Leonora. Okay, this is hi Scott Who- from Idaho.
1: Oh, Happy New Year. What's your name? John from Idaho. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he,
3: yes, of course.
1: I just want you're talking about all the things of the year, and there's one thing that I've been following <clears throat> that I wanted to bring into the to the issues that you guys have been talking about. I've been following it on on um uh, Obannon's America's Voice our War Room. Is the redistricting and the, the all the rhinos that like so far they say nationwide that the Democrats have gained two seats from the redistricting and, you know, um, the, the, the Republicans are doing a lousy job of um, redistricting and it's kind of really worrying me.
3: Right. And, you know, we have um, a dominant representation with regard to state controls. And it's generally speaking, the state governors, you know, if you win the state, like if you're a red state in terms of state legislature and state governors, uh, and we hold that. That's why that was one of the big issues in the 2020 election is if it went to the delegations, we represent more states than the Democrats do. So it's hard to explain why it is that the Republicans are underperforming in ter- you know, they should be winning and they're not. And uh, it's because the Democrats are more aggressive and the Democrats also have the media on their side so they could pull these types of shenanigans to cheat and win elections Um, they can pull these kind of stunts and get away with it and that's 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 the problem like for example someone I don't like Adam Kinzinger is gone because they redistrict him out of office Um, which is fine by me because you know he's he's what he is but uh, he's a complete rhino but you know the idea is is that the media is not getting on the Democrats for doing these things like they would if the Republicans did it
1: You, you would think in Florida with DeSantis, who I, I, he, like I'm right there with you. I'd like to see him after Trump, but he would be pushing because even in Florida they're not he they should gain three or four seats at least in Florida, and they're not doing the rhinos are doing nothing there to to help out DeSantis.
3: That's right. You know, Florida is one of those states. And you know what's weird, too, is uh, they were che- they were fudging on those numbers. Like a lot of the bureaucracy in Florida, bureaucracy is everywhere, really. Um, but in Florida, they were miscounting COVID numbers and then they had to recount them. And this was about a few months ago. And I think that that's what's happening here again now, because Florida is popping up on some of these top five lists in terms of covid outbreaks and stuff and it's the only conservative state that's doing that and i'm not so sure that those numbers are accurate because you're not i'm not hearing that many problems i'm hearing i'm hearing a lot of good news coming out of florida in terms of boots on the ground and what's really happening with regard to covid and covid response yet I'm seeing these statistical numbers where Florida is appearing on top five lists in terms of outbreaks in the last, say, two weeks. So that has me scratching my head a little bit. But it would not be the first time that some of the bureaucracy in Florida is misrepresenting or calculating uh, the data. And I think that they're under a target because Florida is such a valuable state. Uh, they think the the uh, Democrats think that they can win that back, but recent numbers have indicated that for the first time, the Republican registrations are outnumbering the Democrats for yep. the first time in that state. I don't think that the Democrats have a chance for Florida anymore, especially well, well, when, last, you, when when you consider how great DeSantis has performed.
1: That last point on it, you know, that we have to live with this for another ten years. So I really hope that. A lot of these states, Ohio, you know, um, uh, Indiana, like the, these really get to get, get this going because, you know, um, there's no reason we shouldn't, like we're going to win. And I agree with everybody else in 2022, but there's no reason we shouldn't get seat, you know, seat switched over to Republican. Debbie, I think she's still in office. Debbie Wasserman, short, I can't even pronounce her name, Schultz. In Florida, they could redistrict her out, and she's been a troublemaker for years. If Florida got it together, you know, take some of these seats. That's what happened to Nunez in California. Yep. That's why he he changed.
4: Well, sp- well, speaking speaking about Florida, one of the other pieces of fake news that the media re- misrepresented is that 60 Minutes aired a false claim about Governor DeSantis. There was a misleading narrative that um, that it frequently appeared in 2021. CBS News's 60 Minutes program was accused of airing a deceptively edited clip between DeSantis and a reporter that suggested a paper play scheme regarding vaccination distribution. So again, I think you see a lot of shaming of Florida going on right now. To your point, because I think you know they're they're misrepresenting the vaccine numbers. There's attempts to undermine DeSantis because DeSantis's star is rising, and, and you know, and loads of people are flocking to Florida. People are leaving uh, New York State. California <laughs> yeah. and a few other places in um, Illinois is another one that comes to mind in droves and they're going to Florida they're going to Texas because life is are better bring, there
3: are and they bringing are, their politics with them though?
4: yeah well well, that is a scary well <laughs> well if it's the people that are if it's the if it's the red individuals within some of these blue states that are fleeing that that and they're going to the other or other red states know, that's a good thing I know at
3: least seven people that came to, or went down from Philadelphia or somewhere. They were all radically left. Yeah. And I have talked with them. and I think I they, know the people st- you yeah, mean. Yeah, and they're still liberals. Yeah. But they've been making fun of Biden. So, well, I don't know if they're changing. That's what's or happening. they're seeing the light or what. Well, I know. think
4: that's what's happening. I think Biden has gotten so pathetic that people on the left are starting to get embarrassed and again when you when you look yeah. at him, he he didn't he didn't uh, uh, pr- uh govern the way he campaigned. Yeah. So, that's the big issue there.
3: All right. Well, uh thank you for calling in today. Happy New Year. Yeah.
4: Happy New Year. Oh.
1: Happy New Year. All the best in 22. Bye-bye. Bye. too. All
3: right. Take care. All right, well, that was nice. We got a call, f- final call of the year, maybe. Maybe, maybe, um, yeah. All right, so, uh, Leonora, so we got the Tiki Torch guys making up racism, yeah. you know, because somehow that seems to work, and the media just loves to call half of America racist.
4: Yeah, and then, of course, we also have the media pushing a false story about border agents using whips oh, against the migrants. Yeah, yeah no, that was another race,
3: right? What is that, Our doorbell? Uh, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's one of the problems of our system. This is Julie. Julie Julie, wants to say probably Happy New Year.
2: Hi, I just wanted to call and say Happy New Year, Leonore, I hadn't talked to you in so long. Happy New Year, Julie. God is getting so much better, and it's such a nice. It's
4: so nice that he's getting better. Oh, it is. It's it's truly a miracle that he's getting better.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Leonore was maybe well. What was the? What would you say? Twenty twenty one. Uh, you said this, there was a six-hour window. Oh, where- yeah, the, the,
4: the six hours that you were, the six and a half hours that you were in surgery were probably the worst six and a half hours of my life. So, <laughs> so I have to, I have to say, uh, six and a half hours for surgery is a very long time. So, yeah, that,
3: that's an amazing. Lo- that's, of a, time. that's a
4: that's an amazing amount of time. I, I nearly fell on the floor when they told us how long that surgery. They could was rebuild be. him. <laughs> they can rebuild him, and apparently they have. <laughs> but no, we are you know again to yeah have to remember that you know in 20 for all the bad things that happen there are good things and this was a this was truly a wonderful thing that happened scott's recovering and everybody's
2: so happy about it yeah six hours my goodness i i can't figure out how a doctor can continue working on his feet for yeah, six you said hours six and a half, right yeah that it was about that
3: you know and then, you know the, the funny thing is Uh, The doctor, the surgeon says, I'm just a bag carpenter. Yeah, he's funny. Because, you know, they they do saws, hammers, screws, rods. Yeah.
4: It's like. He calls himself the dumb back
2: (laughs) carpenter. Yeah. Exactly. They're no different than a plumber because um i lived with a doctor for many years, and he claimed operating was like cutting up chicken and I was horrified when he told me that Good grief. I mean cutting up chicken I know what a terrible thing to say yeah. and so yeah i but they get a little calloused they they and they yeah. get a little bit uncaring and they they consider us like a pipe like a plumber right, right. and and Julie, and then they they
3: made mistakes. <laughs> Julie, ha- happy happy new year because we're running out of time. This is our exit music oh, right I'm here. Sorry. Happy New sorry,
2: Year. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. All right. bye.
3: Love care. you. Take care. Happy New Year. take care. And uh happy New Year, everybody.
4: Happy New Year, everybody. Twenty twenty two is gonna be an amazing year. How
3: could it how could it not be you know, it, it we gotta go up from here. It,
4: exactly. We absolutely have to go up.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
4: And catch my favorite New Year's movie, When Harry Met Sally.
3: Yeah, that's right. We'll we'll, we'll be watching that. Yep. And uh, uh, we we have a tradition where we watch certain movies every single year, whether we like it or not.
4: Two New Year's Eve scenes.
3: All right. Well, that brings us to the end of The Scott Adams Show and the end of the year. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to The Scott Adams Show and making us number one uh, in a lot of different markets. Uh, thank you all. My name's Scott Adams.
4: My name is Leonora Kravota. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next year, year
3: on the radio. Yes. Bye bye, everybody. Me.
2: We're a stand. The mounds getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my
1: kids right up to there.